Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Today I have our friend Scott McConnell back from Lifeway Research. Scott, welcome back to the podcast. It's good to have you. Chuck, great great to be back. (laughs) That's easy for you to say, Scott. I'm I'll, sorry. I'll, I'll get on on tongue tied here soon. It's late in the afternoon as we're recording, and I think we're both a little brain fried and tongue tied. So that well, there's a tongue twister right there, brain fried and tongue tied. Uh, last time, listeners, that we had uh, Scott McConnell on the show, he he is the executive director of Lifeway Research, and Scott spends a lot of time talking with churches and his team reaching out to churches to gain insight into what's really happening in the church and ministry world, so he can report back. Uh, to to uh, all of us, uh, oftentimes in the press and through uh, Lifeway Research's uh, webpage and different outlets that we have through Lifeway Research, which is a phenomenal organization, by the way, that you should really look into. Tons of great data on trends and things happening in the church that are so relevant to the strategic decisions we make as ministry leaders. So I want to point you towards Lifeway Research listeners as a place that you should go and look at and then find things there that you can share with your senior pastors and executive pastors to let them know that you're up on trends and things that are happening. At any rate, Scott leads the team in Lifeway Research, and uh, we had him recently on the podcast a few episodes back. If you haven't heard that episode, I want to encourage you to go back in the archives and find it. You can find all of our archives at kidsministry101.com. And we spent a good half hour or so talking about recently about how uh, church uh, attenders responded to the the efforts that we made uh, through the COVID uh, crisis, Uh, things that we tried as church leaders digital things and all the stuff we did. And and we had just a great conversation around that. So if you haven't heard that episode, I want to encourage you to go back. Something else that we learned about Scott on that episode is that he grew up in Minnesota and that he really liked toboggans. So, so I want to ask a follow-up conversation on Minnesota. So I've, I have never lived in the far, far North like that, Scott. It's, uh, is there, um, but I do have a trip scheduled. I'm, I'm planning to go and do a training in Minnesota later this year. And so my question is, when I go there, is there some sort of food or fare that I should seek out? Is there like a Minnesota cuisine that it's famously known for? Wow. Uh there are a lot of fun things in Minnesota, and you mentioned fair. They've got one of the best state fairs in the country. Really? So if you happen to be going in August, I, I highly recommend going to the state fair. Um, and I, I have good memories of, of, of visiting that as a kid. Um, you know, a lot of Swedish uh, uh, immigrants were, were the early settlers of, of Minnesota. And so uh, Nordic it, Nordic types and things. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that, so that, you know, that'll show up in some of the pastries and, and things like that. And mm. maybe some odd fish uh, uh, recipes <laughs> there. But uh, I love um, Swedish fish. Those yeah. are the best candy ever. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably not what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I stay away from the lutefisk. uh uh, re- recipes around Christmas time, but, uh, uh, but yeah, lots of fun things to do. If you're not there, uh, in August, uh, you know, there's a lot of fun lakes to go to that, uh, that, that have good activities to, to do, uh, outside. 
How fun. And then, so did you, as a, as a good Minnesotan, is that the right way to say that? Sure. As a good Minnesotan, did you do all the, the things like, like ice fishing and snowmobiling and those kind of snowy things? Well, my dad was not much of a sportsman. And so, you know, I did a few of them, but it was typically with other families. And so, uh, uh, you know, we got to do a number of those things through the years, uh, and you know, a little bit of cross country skiing and, and oh, some of those kind of one. things. Uh, so, so yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of options, uh, to be outside and, uh, and definitely love the people and, uh, the environment. You know, when I, when I moved away from Minnesota, every time I'd go over a hill in Pennsylvania, I'd expect there to be a, a lake, uh, you know, in the next valley. And there, there never was one. It's like, it's just a different, a, a different landscape. So you, you've been gone for quite a while and, and you lived there as a child. Uh, do you miss the snow, the deep, deep, deep snow of Minnesota? Or are you uh, or are you happy now as an adult to not have to shovel? No, I, I absolutely miss the snow. I, I my, my blood's thinned out. So the, the cold it will get to me pretty fast. But when we get a snow, I, I'll shovel our driveway. I'll shovel, you know, a couple neighbors driveways. I'll just I'll just go at it. And because uh, it's it's fun. How fun. Well, it's, you know, we're here in middle Tennessee now where we both reside uh, near Lifeway headquarters and we don't really get much snow here. Uh, maybe once every two or three years, we'll get enough that we can sled. When we moved into our house uh, that we're in, we have an awesome sledding hill in front of the house. And I had ideas that we would use it every year. And uh, now it's more like every three to five that we get enough three to five inches every three to five years so that we can actually sled. So good memories of snow. And when it comes, we have that tender Tennessee Christmas that Amy yes. Grant sang about, right? Yes. Oh, uh, well. Well, Scott, thank you for being back with us. We we want to talk today about some um, some trends that we know are happening in the, in, in the ministry space, in the church, um, around... Uh, some kind of hard things uh, that we deal with, uh, and and you've observed, and uh, and I'd like to talk about some of the things that we are hearing as we talk with church leaders, pastors, about um, trends around discouragement and uh, and concerns about the emotional uh, well being of of the church and church leaders. Uh, take us there, Scott. What what kind of conversations have you had, and and what are you hearing about things like uh, discouragement? Well, pretty much all through the pandemic, as we surveyed pastors uh, and just just included an open ended question uh, on each of those surveys, just just to find out how they're doing, what's kind of front and center for them. Uh, you know, there was just a lot of discouragement there, just a lot of uh, especially early in the pandemic feelings of loneliness, uh, you, you know, just feeling like everything that they enjoyed about church, just being unplugged. Um, you know, a lot of the a, a lot of the giftings of pastors, uh, you know, very unfulfilled in those seasons. When, you know, if you're a people person as a pastor, you know, you can't visit people. Uh, you know, if you're a, you know, you're a strong leader, you have no idea if anybody's following you. If you're, you know, if you're a teacher, you know, you don't get to see the faces of the people you're teaching. So, you know, really discouraging season there that, that just over and over we heard that. Uh, just recently we completed a survey with pastors and the percentage of pastors uh, from a pre-COVID survey the percentage of pastors who said uh, that, that that being a pastor is frequently overwhelming jumped up 10 percent. And so, you know, just, you know, the majority already agreed with that. But mm -hmm. to see it jump up a little higher was was not surprising, just given the stress and and, you know, many folks 
you know, not having a vacation for a long, long time during the, during the pandemic. And, and just, you know, that, that takes a toll on your body and its ability to rebound. And, and, you know, as you look around and you don't see, you know, you see a quarter of, of the folks in your church not back attending regularly, you know, that, that's discouraging. Uh, when, you know, some of your faithful volunteers in, in kids ministry are, are, are not willing to step back in, uh, or maybe they're the ones not attending yet. Mm. Um, you know, that's discouraging to, to just not have your whole team together, to, to just to have some missing pieces. And, you know, when, when the Bible describes the church as the, as a body, you know, that, that, that's really very fitting. Um, and so when a couple body parts are missing, um, you know, it, it can be really, really, really hard, uh, to, to, to function, uh, when, when, when those body parts aren't there. And so, uh, you know, I, I, there, there are a lot of leaders that, that, that are feeling that discouragement and, and, you know, gotten a lot of things restarted, you know, this last year or so. And, and so a lot of things to celebrate, but still, you know, some of that discouragement is still hanging around. Mm. And and I think that's, you know, absolutely true all the way down through the kids ministry space is we, we have a lot of friends who, who are feeling discouraged uh, uh, throughout the, the last couple of years. It has been very difficult and we have seen people leave and not return. Uh, our numbers have been down. As you said, so much of ministry is relational. And we as we try to invest in relationships with kids and families to not be able to be in the same place in the same space space at the same time is really difficult. And for us as leaders, it's good to know that we're not alone in feeling that. So you, this is something that's, uh, that's common. It, it really is. And, uh, you, you know, as, as churches get back into, to, to serving and get back into doing ministry in some of the same ways they did before COVID, um, you know, that, that does bring some comfort, a little bit of that normality, a, a little bit, you know, if your church was able to send some kids to camp this summer, if you were yes. able to do VBS, if you were, if you're back to having, you, you know, activities on a Sunday morning for kids, you know, that, that starts to bring some comfort. Again, they can be laced with some discouragement because it's not what it was before. Yes. Um, but probably nothing provides more encouragement than to see a child or two come to Christ. And so, you know, when God's moving in their hearts and, and, and that happens, w- whether that's just, you know, because their family didn't stop, you know, pointing their kids to Christ during COVID and they could, you know, and you didn't see them that whole time and you get to to celebrate with them now or whether, you know, some of the activities you've started back um, were were something God used uh, to to help the light come on in in that child's life. You know, that 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 brings emotions that that are are the kind of emotions that help really combat that discouragement that we're feeling in, in several of the other areas of ministry. Yeah, and it is good now that we can begin to see a return of people coming back to church, and um, the majority of churches now are meeting again in person and having opportunity to actually do ministry the way that we're accustomed to, and that is encouraging. But it, having come through that hard season, kind of a, the cold, dark winter of trying to do maintain ministry through COVID, it's so nice to be on the bright side of that, the light at the end of the tunnel side of that. Uh, but listeners, it's good for you to know that if you have felt discouraged, 
Uh, first of all, that you're not alone. Uh, I hope that you know that you're not alone. For you, you've got others who are feeling that as well. Uh, you have friends like us at Lifeway who are who are in your corner and on your side, and we want to be here to encourage you uh, and help you through those hard seasons. And uh, you, it's good for you to reach out to others if you're feeling that you know those sort of discouraging things. Uh, to have friends and and cohorts, uh, networks that you can connect with and talk to. And so we hope to be that for you. Uh, but but when you're in those seasons, we want to encourage you to find friends that you can connect with and and look for those who are there. It can be so easy for us to either look at the numbers year over year and see that we're down or to concentrate on the, the seats that are still empty and miss the opportunity of those who are there, uh, whether that's your leaders, your friends, uh, your your students, your kids who are who are back. So let's let's look to have that glass half full mentality as we watch it return to being more and more and more full. Uh, such a great thing to see to be on the backside of a lot of that. You now it's still hard in a lot of places, and people are not back uh, as much or uh, you know to to the same capacity. That that we were before, uh, Scott. As you as you've talked to pastors about some of their largest areas of concern, I know that one of those things that has come up repeatedly was the word uh, apathy. Uh, tell us what you've heard as you talk with pastors about their feelings about you know one of the things that is discouraging is this sense that that uh, there may be a lack of some some zeal or some passion. You know, w- w- one of the things that. That shows up during times of uh, of stress or distress um, are the weaknesses that you had beforehand. Mm, yeah. And so some of the weaknesses that were present in the church or present in your ministry uh, before this particular disaster or, you know, many places in the country have had natural disasters occur during the same season. So there's been a lot of things coming at us. Um, but when there's a weakness in ministry, you know, it gets highlighted. Mm-hmm. And and w- one of the things that churches uh, have realized is, you know, that that there are folks kind of just along for the ride at church and and really are not in you know, active, actively building others up and using their gifts uh, for in, in that local ministry. Yeah. And, and that can be really discouraging for a pastor. It can be really discouraging, uh, you know, when you're trying to find additional kids leaders uh, that, you know, as you go to talk to people, you just kind of get this, you know, no, I'm not serving anywhere else. And, and I'm not about to start helping you yeah. <laughs> kind of a response. And, and, you know, that, you know, th- that, that can get discouraging when you have more than one of those kinds of conversations. And, and so, um, you know, obviously that's an area that, that a lot of churches are looking to, uh, you know, another one that one, another weakness that that's popping up is, is just the fact that churches, you know, had fallen out of the habit of sharing Christ with their neighbors, with people outside of church. And, and so, you know, those weaknesses start to pop up and, and you want to fill those empty seats. You know, you want more kids to be there and nothing would encourage you more for those to be new kids. Yes. Um, you know, nothing would encourage you more for new families to be popping into your church. And, and especially if they're brand new believers. I mean, you want, you welcome the people who are new to your community, but if they're a new believer, that's, that's even better. And, and so to, uh, you know, you, we've kind of got to step back into, you know, what's, what's fallen off here? What in terms of our activity, in terms of our encouragement that could be helping people jump back in and, and get involved and, and to strengthen what's, what's been weak. 
And, you know, we, as, you know, as senior level pastors, but also kids leaders, it's, it is hard to see people who had been regulars seem to be not that driven to come back or to re-engage uh, and to kind of s- s- slip away a little and feel distant in, in that sense that we, we're excited to be back and we want everybody else to be excited to be back with us. And there are some who are, who are just not there yet. And there are others there who there is, there's a growing um, sense of, of apathy uh, just in culture in general uh, where, you know, we, yeah, Maybe we'll go back. Maybe when it's convenient, and uh, and most of us who are in ministry are the driven type. We're, we're we're excited to be back. We're ready for you to be back, and we want to engage. And I think also you mentioned uh, you mentioned outreach is that we would hope uh, that that the whole church is made up of people who are so driven and excited by their faith that they are ready to go out themselves and share it. And and it sounds like in a lot of cases uh, that uh, that that leadership is kind of wishing that that were true, but not seeing church members do that kind of reaching on a regular basis. And it, it can be really easy for us. I know some of my first reaction when I, when I look around and don't see people jumping back in is, is to say, you know, I shouldn't have to go, go after them. I shouldn't have to. Right. Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't have to. And, you know, recently, I, I was just reminded of just so many times in Jesus's ministry where he uses that, that phrase, oh, oh, you of little faith. You know, how many times did he look around and say, and, and who did he normally say it to? It wasn't to the crowd. It's the disciples. It was to the disciples. So yeah. that core group, the, the ones that we normally think of, wow, these are the super Christians, uh, you know, in, in the gospels. Those are the ones he just repeatedly would, would just turn around and go, you know, you're not there yet. And and so if, if, if Jesus, you, you know, yes, you know, you, you can kind of read a little exasperation in his voice on a couple of those stories, yeah. you yeah. know, but at the same time, you know, that's our ministry, you know, as, as people who, who minister in the church, that is our ministry. And so, you know, I, I would encourage listeners to, to not get overly discouraged by that, but to really kind of move that to the front and center, that that is our work. It is to constantly be encouraging each other. And, and as you read Paul's letters, you know, yes, he does a lot of teaching, but he also does a lot of exhorting where he's saying, let's stand firm, you know, let's hang in there. And, and so for us to say, you know, no, that's not the, I shouldn't have to, it's no, this is what, what I'm called to is, is to encourage those who are just, you know, too discouraged to show up and to, to, to reach out to them. And so, you know, I, I definitely encourage us to, 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 to continue to keep trying, uh, for, for those that we know, uh, you know, have not connected with another church. They're just not connected at all. And to, to keep reaching out to them. Yeah. It's a, a verse that's become important to me is uh first Corinthians in first Corinthians 16, it's uh 13 and 14. Uh, pa- Paul gives that kind of a charge. He says, be, be alert, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, be strong and courageous. Uh, and it's the one where he says, act like men. In some some translations, he adds that act like men, which is a great challenge to me, uh, you know, as a as a male leader in the kid space. We, but for all of us, we, we need to be careful to not lose heart in doing good and to encourage one another and build each other up, but also to make sure that we are, are alert about what's going on in the culture uh, and not surprised by by these things uh, that that can be happening that might cause some to be drawn away. We have a real enemy 
And Satan doesn't want our people to come back and he doesn't want them to be fervent and engaged. And so for us, uh, we, we need to be careful to not quickly write people off, but to instead make sure that we are reaching out as a point of contact to bring them back in. Uh, and after a period of time where a lot of us have been away, it might require us going the extra step to bring folks back in. So we don't have, it's hard to gather data, like, you know, the number of people who are sharing their faith out in the world and in the workplace every single day. But as we look, Scott, for different things that we can track, I know one of the things that that you have some information on is, is baptisms. We tend to record those when they happen, and it gives us some insight into the church reaching out to uh, to the unchurched or to, or to new people. Uh, so what, what do you see in baptism statistics that... Uh, that might provide some insight to us. One of the largest denominations that we serve at Lifeway is the Southern Baptist Convention. And so part of our role in Lifeway research is to, to prepare some of the statistics uh, for for the Southern Baptists. And as we look at, at baptisms in, in those churches, uh, you know, before COVID, uh, you know, one, one of the, the sobering realities uh, is that, that the median number of baptisms, in other words, that middle church, if you put them all side by side and, you know, the middle church has two baptisms in, in 2019. So before COVID. And again, a lot of churches are smaller churches, uh, but that's a pretty low number uh, overall. And, you know, one of the questions when it comes to evangelism is, you know, can us doing some things together encourage me to be more faithful? And the answer for most of us is yes. That if, if, if it's just me on my own, Scott, have you shared your faith in the last six months? The majority of us, about 55% of us before COVID would have said, no, honestly, I haven't. I've not shared with somebody how to become a Christian in the last six months. But when my church says, Scott, would you help us? With, with a, with something like VBS, would you help us jump in with this? I can be a part of sharing our faith together yeah. and, and, and that those corporate activities are effective. And when, when we look at, at baptisms in churches that offered VBS, they had, they had, they, they reported some attendance in VBS in 2019. That number jumps to four baptisms wow. and churches that had nothing going on in VBS. It, their, their median is only one baptism in 2019. So that's a fourfold difference that we see. And granted, these are small numbers, so it's easy yes. to get that kind of difference. Um, but still, you know, in a, in a setting, you know, the pattern is in a setting where a church is willing to say, we're going to do something together to reach the lost. And in this case, to reach kids for Christ through vacation Bible school, the pattern is we see noticeable difference in people coming to Christ. And we in the kids space like to say VBS is hard because it is, it's hard. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of people and it takes over your whole facility. But we like to say, although it's hard, it's worth it. And so we have a research book that we worked on together with you and your team that's called It's Worth It. That's all about why it is so valuable and important for the church to keep VBS as one of its key ministries. And it's things like this, Scott, this this uh, data point about baptism that are so inspiring to me. Uh, 
uh, to hear. And now you talk about, and maybe you can explain to us just a little bit about the difference between correlation and causation and some of that. We can't guarantee that if you run a VBS, this will happen. But the trend shows that when churches are uh, the kind of church who does do a VBS, there's something different that happens. Absolutely. It- you know, you, you hear the same kind of disclaimer that when somebody's giving you like stock market, you know, the past performance does not guarantee future right, right. performance. Well, you know, weight loss. Thing. Weight loss is another one, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, you, you know, there's no guarantee that this pattern we see over here will work for you if you do it. And and in the same way, you know, God's not standing there saying if you if you take this one step. You know, he's now obligated That's right, to deliver, right. you know, four new people in, 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 into the kingdom. Um, you know, we don't say that at all. But the reality is that the pattern is there, that when we see people making an effort to reach the lost, when, when we see people making an effort to reach kids for Christ, that that church, you know, these aren't necessarily all kids baptisms. That's right. But that church is seeing more people come to Christ. And 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 that pattern is is huge. And and. You know, it's amazing that, you know, with 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 less less than half of us sharing how to become a Christian with other individuals. uh, The reality is that less than half of us actually pray for opportunities like that. Um, Only less than a quarter of churchgoers pray every day saying, God, would you please give me the opportunity to share Jesus Christ with somebody in my life? and, and and that's the simplest thing to do. And it's like if God could orchestrate that, that you could have that kind of conversation, I, I think most of us would welcome that opportunity if it was set up for us. And yet very few of us are asking God, you know, and, and really he's the one that works in their hearts anyway. You know, but could we be a part of that, Lord? You, you know, those kinds of prayers are, are the simple kinds of things that are actually a fantastic first step for us individually. But if you're a ministry leader to be starting to set things in place, what are some of the corporate things we can do to get all of us together working so that we're encouraging each other to share the gospel with others? And, you know, Vacation Bible School is just a a, a fantastic way to do that. And as we're turning the calendar here uh, to a new year, it's the time to start start asking people, are you willing to join the team? Are you willing to be a part of this this year? And. You know, even asking some of those folks who who haven't been attending lately, you know, some of them are looking, you know, they need a nudge that's not just come worship with us. They're saying, I'm doing that online. But when you say, I need you on the team for Vacation Bible School this year, and and they've been on in the past, you know, that may be what's going to take to get them back in person, because they're going to remember being involved in that in the past. Yeah. I like to say that when when we recruit people leading with our need and a sense of obligation, we're going to get a no. Need and obligation spell no. But when we can recruit them with a sense of uh, of calling them to do something that's in your giftedness, that's an exciting opportunity uh, in a satisfying experience, we will get a yes. And there's nothing more compelling than the ministry results that like you've just shared about the effectiveness of things like VBS. It's a great way to bring people back in and on board and to re-engage. And how can you remain apathetic? 
pathetic. Once you've been a part of something so exciting as seeing a child come to Christ, it's fantastic. It's you know uh, we we look often to VBS uh, into camp as places where we see God move and kids come to Christ. And the truth is that's that's because that's where we are most uh, outwardly, boldly, clearly sharing the gospel. And God is not limited by VBS or camp. He uses those things. I'm so thankful that he does. But as we continue to share the gospel, he will be faithful to draw people to himself, uh, not because of us, but because of his son and because of what he's done. So good reminder that we need to be faithful uh, to share Jesus, to share the hope of the gospel with people, not just that one week during the summer, but every week all year. What a great reminder. Scott McConnell, thank you so much for being with us again. We appreciate having you. Absolutely. Great to be here. And listeners, as always, thank you for listening. We always love having you. We hope you come back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.